there's no way you're gonna get out of this without doing some time. I've got a plan. I want what's owed to us. I can sell it and get us out of Dodge, and then they're never gonna see us again. I need to tell you something. I don't have her bottle, it's in the car. You're not feeding her yourself? What do you mean? You don't know, you don't know anything about any of this stuff. Find yourself. Hello and welcome to the Matt's Movie Reviews Podcast. I'm your host, Matthew Pekovich, and this is episode number 213. Releasing on May 17 in select cinemas across the United States and also on digital is all creatures here below and absorbing, at times disturbing and incredibly moving drama that tells the story of two damaged people who in their bid to find some happiness make some bad decisions that lead down a path of no return. Earlier today, I had a chance to interview the writer and star of All Creatures Here Below, David Dasmalchian. Here is our interview. In doing the research... For this interview, I came across this really cool article that you wrote for TalkHouse uh, website. Um, and, and in that article, oh, you, thanks. You, thanks you, for reading that. And you, in that article, you talked about the your, your process and such. When it came to this movie, um, or, or creatures here below, um, I was just curious. What was that initial spark? That initial idea that kind of spurned uh, the process of making this movie. As far as the writing goes, it was a plot, a very simple plot. As you know, you've seen the film. It's a, it's a very, it's a very on the surface, I should say, simple plot. I had this idea inspired by my love of John Steinbeck, Carson McCullers, who were two great American uh, authors, and then the films of the Coen Brothers. Uh, particularly Raising Arizona, which is one of my favorite films, and um, and um, Terrence Malick. Um, so all those being huge inspirations on me creatively, uh, over the last like 15 or so years, I I came up with this idea for this couple, this, these characters who were hugely inspired by um, some people that I grew up with and who I was very close to, you know, growing up. So I, um, I just, I, I had this plot and it was, it was, it was two people on the fringe, grossly undereducated, grossly mistreated by society, um, or by their circumstances, I should say. And they take these things that they feel have always been denied them. Um, you know, for Jensen, my character, it's financial security and confidence and for Ruby, it is a family, a baby. She wants nothing more than to have uh, and start a family. She loves Jensen so much, and she wants to, to build a family with him. So, so I had this idea that these two people go out and they take these things that they feel have always been denied them. For Jensen, it's money, and for Ruby, it's a baby. And then because these are horribly you know, uh, enacted decisions that they do, they have to go on the run. And for me personally, I, you know, if you read that article you know, what happened was as I was thinking about this plot and just working out ideas for the plot, I, um, I had lots of, a uh, lots of personal experiences, which drove me to actually writing it. You know, one was the, the, the revelation of, um, 
some really dark um, abuse that had taken place within my family and um, affected not only myself, but people that I love very much. And I had not even, you know, uh, been aware of or thought about this stuff in decades. And so when confronted with these dark shadows of the past and, and dark memories of my childhood, I, I just raised these two really difficult questions. Um, I'm uh, a person who believes in God. And one of the things that I wrestle with a lot and when, when, I'm, when I'm trying to pray or when I'm thinking about, you know, this human experience is why so many people suffer so miserably in this existence and it seems to be so senselessly. There's so many human beings on planet Earth right now who are suffering senselessly, um, either at the hands of others or through fate. And I just don't, I know that's a really basic old question. We've all been wondering those things for thousands of years, but mm-hmm. it's something that still bothers me and it haunts me and I think about it a lot. And then the other thing was, especially in relation to, you know, the things that had happened within my own family was out of the shadow and the darkness of abuse, can true beautiful love between two people grow? And what is the difference between this, codependency, this need for another person and true love. Where is that where is that border? Where is that barrier between the two? And um and so that's that's a long, long answer to your <laughs> simple question and I'm sorry, but it's a it's stuff that I think about a lot and I still don't have and I and I'm okay with that. Like I made this movie I knew I wasn't gonna answer these questions for myself and that's not my intention with making especially independent film like this. You know, I, I don't feel an obligation to answer the question. I feel an obligation to try as hard as I possibly can to answer these questions, but um, I haven't yet. Uh, maybe I've gotten closer and I've gotten, you know, more near to an answer, but I definitely don't think I've answered those questions. Well, no, the answer is perfect to my end. It is very well put together as well, um, David, uh, and I really appreciate that as well. Um, when it comes to finding a director for your material, um, you went back with your uh, director of your first movie that you wrote, um, Animals. Uh, Colin Schifferly is back in the director's chair. Considering the um, intimate nature of, of, of your, your story that you have here, was going back to Colin your first choice uh, uh, um, of uh, director that you wanted to tell the story? Absolutely. We had made... Um animals together and we've made a number of short films and side projects together and he's one of my closest friends and I you know trust him implicitly as a filmmaker and so when I wrote the script interestingly we were headed off in 2014 to um, do a film festival uh, premiere of animals and we got onto the plane in Los Angeles and Colin was on one side and my wife was on the other and she was holding my son. You know, my son was a newborn at that time. And I opened my laptop and I just started writing and I finished the, I finished the script um, within about two days. And, and here's the other element that I think um, I didn't get to answer with your question earlier about um, one of the motivations for writing this film. Becoming a father was one of the scariest things that ever happened to me. I was mm-hmm. terrified of fatherhood. And um, I just, I didn't know if I had it in me to be a quote-unquote 
good father. I didn't know. I was afraid. I was just afraid, you know, for many reasons. And um, so I wrote this script. It poured out of me. And then I gave it to Colin and my wife, Eve. Uh, and they both read it and they loved it. And Colin, I really trust his opinion because he is a, um, he's very brutally honest with me about what his likes and dislikes are when it comes to my writing and my acting. And I think that's one of the reasons I trust him so much because he'll fearlessly tell me if he doesn't like something that I'm doing as an actor or as a writer. And he, um, he, he loved it. So we set out to make the film and within, um, within a few months I was on set of a wonderful film, I don't know if you've seen it, called Chronic, which was written and directed by the great Michelle Franco, who's a, um, who's, who's a, a Mexican filmmaker that is just one of the most talented out there. Anyway, two of the producers on the film, uh, a woman named Amy Green and a, uh, a gentleman named Chris Stinson, they, um, they were, you know, congratulating me, I believe, about animals and saying, we heard that, you know, your movie did well. What are you working on? And I said, I've got this, this new script. And I, I gave it to them. And they, um, they both had a very powerful, strong reaction to the film. And they called me and they said they wanted to help me. Um, they wanted to help me make it. And then next thing I knew, they brought in uh, this incredible producer named Nacho Arenas. And that was the team. And we, uh, and Colin... Um, you know, his vision, he's, he's so thorough in his preparation and planning of filmmaking, and I love his work ethic. And by the time we sat down with Amy and Chris and Nacho and Colin, opened, you know, his book, if you will, his, his vision for the film, which actually he had on both his laptop and a physical book that he had made, they were all in, ready to go. And, um, and, and then we went and made it. I'm also uh, a father. I'm a father of two boys. And when I was watching your film, I knew straight away that the person who wrote this movie was a parent because you have a scene in the film where you're putting a baby seat in a car. And I know just how frustrating that is. And I could just feel the frustration coming from your character when I was watching it. So I knew I was like, that guy's a dad. He knows. He knows. Yeah, <laughs> um, I, uh, I I'll never forget when we brought my son home from the hospital and and I didn't know how to put a car seat in. Thank God, my friend who's a filmmaker, Kern Saxton, and his wife Jen, they came and in, and and Jen works with car seats professionally, and they installed the car seat for me because I was freaking out, man. I was so frustrated that it was so difficult, and it's a life saving apparatus. You need to know what you're doing, yeah. you know. Oh, it's so scary. It is, it is. There's such a pain in the ass. I know exactly what what your character was going through <laughs> then. Um, let's talk about your co-star, Karen Gillan. How did she come become involved? Um, is this something you guys knew each other beforehand? Um, uh, how, how did that all come about, her playing the role uh, of, of Ruby in, in your movie? I'll tell you, it's, it's kind of an amazing story. So Karen... Um Basically, when the when the when the producers got involved and when fan, financing, uh, be, you know, was raised for the feature, um, the the producers wanted to take a a shot at, you know, at, at pitching the script to a, you know, for lack of a better term, what we call a name actor. Okay. Yep. So somebody who is recognizably famous or, you know, has, has, has an established name in, in Hollywood because that is, uh, you know, useful for them when it comes to 
the, the, the marketing of the film and for et cetera, et cetera. And I, and I, I've always been reticent to, you know, casting approaches made with that in mind, but I knew that we needed to get our film made. And, and I also, to be totally honest, didn't, I didn't foresee there being like this, um, I didn't foresee there being like a response from, from, from someone like Karen. I just assumed that her agents would look at the film, look at the material and, and, you know, see what this film was about and just pass immediately. So all of a sudden we get this call that Karen Gillig, you know, one of the biggest movie stars in the world has not only read the film, read the script, but she watched animals, loved animals, and she wants to come meet with us. Um, so Colin and I were kind of flabbergasted, and she came over, and um, we got to meet. We sat down. We talked for um, for an afternoon, and 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 we were so thrilled that she um, that she had totally, you know, randomly thanked God for our casting director and our producers. We have an amazing casting director, by the way. Give a shout out to Tam- Tamara Lee, not cut because she. Um, she really had an instinct that Karen was the right person. And, and I was excited by the idea. I just didn't think that Karen would be interested in making a film like this. And who knew? Um, she had just come off the set of Avengers. I believe she had been working on Infinity War at that point. Uh, and she came and did our movie for practically not, no money and, you know, no fancy, uh, what do you call it, the accoutrements. There was no trailer with air conditioning and all, blah, blah, blah. It was just a raw, rough, independent film shoot with a very difficult script and a very challenging character and she came and brought something that I couldn't uh, have imagined in my in my in my dreams I mean what she does with this character is so prolific and haunting and beautiful and dangerous and vulnerable and she showed up with this incredible attitude and willingness to just jump into the fire. And um, she's a true artist, man. She's a real, she's a filmmaker, she's a writer, she's an actor. Um, and she lives and breathes art. And uh, and I just, I can't believe that um, we got to have her on board this film. It's really amazing. Something that you all did so well with this movie is that even though these characters do bad things even though there are moments in the film that are incredibly uncomfortable watching in in any time you have a a a infant or a baby in a situation that is dangerous that's that's going to happen um these people are not presented as bad people rather as sad people you feel a sympathy for them how important was it that you brought that across because i think that with a material like this there's a real kind of thin line um and you can step either way there Oh, well, you know, I, as a, not just as a parent, but as a human being, when you ask your audience, complete, and and what is your audience? Yes, it's your family, your friends, and and, and the small number of people that are your tight-knit group of supporters who are going to go watch your stuff and are probably going to hug you and pat your back no matter what you deliver, but you're basically presenting something for, uh, an onslaught of complete strangers and for me to ask people to go on this journey with us and to um, 
And to take this ride with us is, uh, I felt an immense amount of responsibility because it does really push the boundaries of, of, um, of feelings. And so when, when we were shooting and I saw the way that Karen was bringing so much humanity to the, this character and I saw the way that Colin was crafting the film, I did, I did feel, um, I felt just so grateful that, that we had surrounded ourselves with the people that we did. But to this day, man, like even you, knowing you're a dad of two and you watch this movie the other night, you know, in your home, and I, and I think, like, I just, I thank you. I thank every single person who gives an hour and a half of their lives to go on this journey because this isn't escapist entertainment. It is a form of entertainment which is, in my opinion, um, you know, more reflective, more, um, you know, inquisitive and definitely more challenging. Um, but it is, um, it is something that's, that's going to make you uncomfortable and possibly really upset you in order to hopefully get to uh, a resolution that, that people find meaningful. But, you know, it's a big risk. And um, I guess nothing worth having in this life probably... Um, is there without willingness to take a big risk. So I'm just, I'm grateful that so many people like Karen Gillan and others took the risk and came with me on this. David, I'm really curious as, as the screenwriter and also as an actor who's on the set every day, you're doing these lines of dialogue with other actors as well. How do you approach other actors reading your material? Are you open to changes to improv or because, or is it because it's an independent film? I'm sure there's not a lot of time to shoot. Everything's really tight and they just do what's on the page. Both. I, I mean, I'm totally open to actors bringing what they've got or what ideas they have and improvising through scenes. I mean, some of the best stuff that shows up in movies I've quote unquote written weren't things that I quote-unquote written, although don't tell anybody I said that, just kidding. Um, <laughs> that, that's the reality, the truth. I think that my scripts, my screenplays are at a place right now where they are roadmaps. They are, you know, kind of like atlases for the story that I want to tell, and I know what, what the questions are that I'm trying to ask, and I know what the major plot points are. But getting there sometimes requires the intense collaboration for someone like myself with both the director and the actor's then all the other artists on board, and then the editor, who's a whole other level of collaboration. And Amanda Griffin is one of the best editors out there, and she just she did such a great job with this film. She also edited Animals. Um, but I think that uh, I think that I'm very comfortable with people taking um, my words and finding the way that that makes sense for them to um, speak them and. I personally, though, when I show up on a job, I do feel, an in, maybe it's my background in theater, an intense responsibility to just m deliver the words that are on the page, um, at least first. Yep. And then once I've done them a number of times, if the director or the writers are comfortable with me trying something else, I, um, I will give it a shot. But I do, as an actor... I'm not terribly comfortable with like just riffing on a scene as opposed to, you know, just, I, I feel like it's my responsibility to bring the words to life that I was hired to speak. And then if I'm encouraged by the director, the filmmakers, which definitely happens on a film like Ant-Man and the Wasp, we will shoot the script as it's written. And then, you know, Peyton will love some, you know, 
moment that grew out of that or some risk because you know you've got Paul Rudd who's quite literally a, a genius when it comes to just improvisation and creation and so they'll we'll go a direction and, and I just I just try to hang on and keep up you know luckily my character is pretty um pretty he's pretty deadpan he doesn't have a lot of lines so uh but it's it's pretty it's pretty exhilarating feeling when when you're on set with with people that talented who just start to go and um you just try and hang on and not ruin their takes by laughing too hard <laughs> Um, final question, David. You've been a part of many different projects, the biggest of films, the smallest of films. When you work on a film like this one, an independent production, you write it, it has such a, a personal part of you in it. Um, what's your anticipation like when a film like this is released down to the public compared to one of the bigger kind of studio films you have? Um, is it because you have so much more skin in the game, so to speak, with a film like All the Creatures Here Below that there's much more anticipation as to how people react to it? Or is it the same either way? No, this is... This is different. It's it's intensely personal. And it hurts. It hurts when people um, don't find um, value in in something that you have created um, because it is, it, is, it is something that you've worked so hard to share with people. So when you share something with people and they either reject it or they, they, don't, um, they, don't, they don't respond to it, you know, I take it personally on, on both levels, but at the same time, I think there's, there is another layer of um, vulnerability with films like Animals or all creatures here below because um, they do spring from so much of my own personal journey as a, as a human being. Um, not that characters that I portray in other people's movies don't have, you know, shades and inspirations from my own life, but I'd say the stakes for me personally are, are higher when it comes to my own, um, my own projects. And, um, and I just, you know, I'm just a, I'm just another, <laughs> I'm another actor uh, who, you know, yearns for connection and the the great satisfaction you get when you tell a story and people respond to it and people's approval and um, thank goodness I am surrounded by a, a really amazing core, you know, group of people, most notably my wife and my kids who. Um, you know, I'm going to keep taking big risks and I'm going to fall flat on my face sometimes and they're always going to be there. And, and I know that, um, I know today, May 17th, 2019, that I am a good father. I believe that in my heart. That's even hard for me to say because it sounds like it's being cocky or something, but it's not. I just believe that I'm meant to be the father of my children. And so fortunately, you know, that role and the role of being the partner and husband to my to my wife are um, are things that no matter what happens to my acting career and my storytelling you know journey um, that I that, that that is that's the most important thing to me. Well, David, 
David, you're also a fine writer and a fine actor as well, and All Creatures Here Below really does prove that it's such a great film. <coughs> I, I can't wait to share this uh, interview and my review with my listeners both here in Australia and in the US, and um, I do thank you very much for talking with me today, and congratulations once again with the film. Thanks so much. That was a great conversation. I really appreciate it. Thank you.